This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by The Midroll. Uh, the Midroll sells advertising on our show and many other podcasts. And to help match up podcasts with appropriate advertisers, you can go to podsurvey.com slash thumbs. That's P-O-D-S-U-R-V-E-Y dot com slash T-H-U-M-B-S podsurvey.com slash thumbs fill it out it'll help advertisers get matched up to the right podcasts like ours uh and it'll make everyone's experience a little uh more appropriate and seamless a little more comfortable a little more comfortable we'll fit in there just a little bit better hmm. that's podsurvey.com slash thumbs hey guys whoa what do we look like nick brecken <laughs> oh everyone looks like me <laughs> it's so crazy. On this week's episode, we're trying something new, which is all looking like Nick Brecken. <laughs> we do. It's February 23rd, 2017. And this is not Idle Thumbs 301. <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to say there. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Reckon. I'm Jake Rodkin. And this week, in lieu of a normal episode of Idle Thumbs, we are uh, releasing to this feed, in this very MP3, uh, the first episode of our newest show, Important If True. Uh, Important If True is a weekly podcast in which the three of us delve deep into the weird minutiae of uh, culture, entertainment, and technology, and spin it all out as far as we possibly can. It's the kind of thing we have done a lot on Idle Thumbs, but we thought, what if we had a whole show of that stuff? What if we could delve deeper? Oh, yeah. What if you could delve deeper and more greedily into whatever... Whatever dwarves do. I (laughs) I heard that a dwarf dug more greedily. I think they did. (sighs) Yeah. My mom had that sampler. What? <laughs> yeah. The dwarves dug too greedily. Yeah, and too yeah. deep. Mm-hmm. And then there was just a picture of a skeleton. Mm-hmm. Mm. They dug greedily and shot first. Anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so what follows. Potatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it is those. <laughs> what follows is the first episode of Important If True, which uh, was released on its own feed last week. And if you enjoy what you're about to hear, there should already be a second episode of Important If True on its own feed, and you can find that at importantiftrue.com. You can subscribe to it on iTunes, on the Google Play Music Store, on any any of your favorite podcast apps. On the Google, on, on, the, the, on, on the, the Microsoft. Yahoo. Um, so please enjoy, and... Uh, we will be back next week with a with a, a, a episode three hundred one. Idle thumbs three hundred one. Exactly. Yes. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Nick. You're welcome. 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 To Jurassic Park. Yeah, Our new podcast, Jurassic Park themed. You nailed it, readers. <laughs> this is what it is. A lot of people thought we would actually do that, which is Jesus. ridiculous. How do we start this? It's February 16th, 2017. And this is Important If True, the podcast where nothing is important unless it is. From Idle Thumbs, I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. And I'm Jake Rodkin. Hey. 
Hey there, Jake. Hi. Hi. Hey, hey Nick. Hi. How's it going? It's it's going good. We're on this new show here. We are on this new show, and as I was leaving my apartment to get on the train to come to the studio to do this new show, mm. as I walked out, it immediately started raining, and one car T-boned another car <laughs> right in front of my face. Wow. <laughs> yep. One car pulled out of the grocery store parking lot directly next door to my home, and another car just like slammed on the horn. As, as that horn was slamming, it just crunched. Right into the other car, which if you've ever been in a car accident, which oh, I yeah. have a very small one, but that sound is like deep. Mm. The, cr- is, the crumpling of, oh, uh, the, the yeah, cr- just cr- the, the sort of mm. crunch. And it's so fast. It's just, bam. It's yeah. because, you know. They're moving is, fast, cars do. Well, yeah, but the other car is not moving and yeah. it just stops. It was, cr- I mean, and then because I had a place to go and because I'm like, well, everyone's got a cell phone now. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm just going to keep <laughs> right. walking. Mm-hmm. I, I literally didn't even stop. I just sort of kept sauntering along, which is really strange because I have had the experience of being present for an accident and then called 911 and been around and, and been like, I need to make sure this is fine. Yeah. Uh, but in this case, it was like, God, there's like 40 people around. And I'm like, did you look to see if, because there's a chance that they all walked away. Well, most you're people, playing the odds here. I'm not a uh, <laughs> you roll the dice on the on those titian. Yeah. yeah, but you know they might have all left. But I just kept walking because I had a podcast to record. Well, and then you walked into this room, sat down, yeah, and you saved that man's life by telling everyone about it on this podcast. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would, no, it did not look like there was actually a medical emergency, which is why I, I kept walking. It's just how dedicated you are to this to this podcast, Chris. It just really proves yeah. that mm-hmm. you, yeah. Uh, uh, so yes, on this on this uh, on this podcast, this new show, the first episode of this podcast, the first episode of this yeah. podcast, and hopefully all the rest of the episodes, um, we are going to delve as deep as we possibly can into the minutia of pop culture, entertainment, and technology to try and um, wrench any kind of meaning, however absurd. By, by whatever means available to us. Yes. Uh, yeah, no matter, no matter what out it takes. Of, out of these <laughs> small stories or personal experiences or weird, dumb things from our youth. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's our hope that if we talk these things to death to, the, to an absurd level, we uh, will figure out something truly important. Yeah. Or we won't. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. At the very least, give ourselves a break from the actual legitimately important things going on right now. Yeah. So on that note, Chris, what is our first potentially important... uh, uh, Well, I I had that unexpected witnessing of a car accident, and that reminded me of a, a statistic I read recently, and... If I'm, mis- if I'm misrepresenting this, I'm sure someone will write in to questions at idlethumbs.net and set me, set me right. But I, as I understood it, the, the, uh, the finding was that in the year 2016, the safest place you could be was on board an airplane, hmm. on board a passenger airliner. Um, not only is air travel safer than car travel, which I think... Most people know. Most people intellectually, intellectually internalize yes, that, right. even if emotionally, my brain will take the 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 the, mo- the most safe possible thing and then somehow twist it into. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. Yeah. But no, you were going to say. Well, I was going to say I saw a, a a story. I saw a photograph recently of a uh, a passenger airliner absolutely jam packed with hawks. So even the Hawks have given up on uh, on the unsafe <laughs> I mean, Earth beneath it's them. It's safer for them to be in the plane than to be flying. 
Well, because a plane, they could run into a plane for one. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's, yeah. I yeah. mean, but now yeah. they're in one. <laughs> As the other hawk, like, right. shrugs out the window, like, you sh- should have been in here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Whoops. The, the caption on this photo was, my captain friend sent me this photo. A Saudi prince bought, a, bought tickets for his 80 hawks. So he basically just bought out most of the plane. But what's incredible about this is there's other fucking people on the plane. Like, there's other people <laughs> in other seats who are just on this plane. Yeah, like, it feels yeah. like it looks like a, a large uh, airliner like with two aisles in it. But it looks like the entire middle is just all hawks. And then just off in the periphery, there's a few, there's people here and there just stuck Yep. On a plane full of hawks. Mm-hmm. And I I, <laughs> I I looked into this slightly more. Someone pointed out, for those wondering, this is probably one of the Gulf State royal family, one of, you know, a royal family of one of the Gulf states going hunting. Um, stuff like this is common to some degree in the Gulf on regular flights. If you fly Etihad or Emirates or Qatar enough, those are the three kind of Gulf airlines as they're called, you will eventually see someone flying in first class with a falcon sitting next to them, which then made me led me to the incredible fact that in the United Arab Emirates, falcons are issued passports. You can get a passport <laughs> for your falcon. And what? it looks what? like a real passport. The, the, with the photo and everything? Yeah. They have to, ta- they have to get the bird to, to take a, a passport photo. Yeah. And Lufthansa, which is a German airline, <laughs> they have designed... What, a- are they, what do they put for height? Like, what, like what, <laughs> what? I just want to see the completely filled out version of this passport. Yeah, what, what tra- eye color? What the, the same as all other the, of the birds. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, they have, like, maybe they, they do have a different like, eye color. I don't know. tip wingspan yeah. stuff? Like, <laughs> wingspan. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I don't know the answer to these questions. Oh. Um, Lufthansa, which is a German airline, has designed a custom, what they call Falcon tray, which is like, it, it looks like a platform that someone built out of like an erector set. Mm-hmm. You take the actual chair out mm. and you put in the the Falcon tray yeah. and it's like a pedestal that the hawk just sits on and it has like little, I think, glass walls that surround it and it's just like a little platform for the hawk to be on. Do like, you know if this is because if you check a Falcon in like a cage it will like go crazy or something oh, like maybe. why because like you could put a regular ass dog or cat in the back of a plane that's true with the luggage yeah mm. or is it just because rich people have falcons i, I assume <laughs> it's mainly that rich people have falcons i mean i like the idea that all of these birds i mean this is so obvious as to not even be worth observing but like they can fly like I yeah, really yeah, like yeah, an yeah. entire no, yeah. like an entire plane the one thing that imp- they were born to do yeah they are now just like having a, th- a, a weird machine fly yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. God, do you think it would fucking like destroy their brain to take it into the cockpit and like put it, oh my take God. off its weird eye hats and like put it in front of the windshield? I feel like the way to make a plane crash <laughs> is, is to take to, 80 is, falcons is, and put them yeah. in the front of the plane. What if we take a huge bird of prey and unmask it in the cockpit of a commercial airliner? <laughs> We're just going to do an experiment to see if it goes crazy. You always hear about how birds are really dangerous to commercial airliners, and now we know why. Okay. <laughs> it's because they get sucked into the engine and then go crazy in the cockpit. <laughs> and they're like, they're out in the cockpit yeah. with their 80 friends. Well, what if it just calmly puts one talon up on the on the <laughs> steering wheel and just does it? They're like, oh, it's just it's just natural. It just like you know, yeah. it just yeah. can just drive it. We were recently talking about um, moths and cockroaches that are capable of driving little robotic cars. Yes, with like small falling... autonomous vehicles that have that have little trackballs that the moth can roll around to chase smells. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then I don't remember how the cockroach one works. Uh, it just used its eyes. It was just like, what is a cockroach interested in? And it'll go after it. <laughs> right. Okay. A cockroach so, could just see. 
Well, how did it drive it, though? Same thing. Just wobbling around on a big track ball ball. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, then maybe this is just maybe just eventually all of our vehicles will be driven by animals that do that thing normally, but through like an incredibly complicated. This does then get into like a bad Game of Thrones uh, or like sci-fi version of like multiculturalism where you're like, oh, well, we're in the in the Gulf where all the airplanes are flown by falcons. (laughs) (laughs) Like. As if that's some like, like Zootopia, yeah, like oh a yeah, bad, like a bad world building culture thing. We're like, oh well, and these people have their birds <laughs> fly the planes because they're natural pilots. Right. <laughs> Whereas like where there are taxi cabs and vehicles driven by ride sharing drivers and whatever else that feels like you know, and we've got cockroaches you know, pe- and mobs that can like yeah, driving just you know New York City taxi cabs. in in this bad. Uh, in this bad world where there's a garbage, high concept reimagining of modern society on right. television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I even showed this to you guys. There was a like an- yet another animal driving. Car- <laughs> it's all just animals driving cars, but a fish. A little- <laughs> this is, this is, so this is, is another not, animal this is not driving like a car. Stated like there's no like cultural desire to have animals drive cars. I mean, okay, other than the Flintstones <laughs> right, where animals right. drive cars. Or and, our cars. Or our, or our cars, yes. Right. But, like, it seems like there's just, like, a shadow wing of science that is dedicated to getting animals to drive our vehicles for <laughs> Well, there's, there must be well, some kind of, like, cold war, like, like a, a war that's raging in the background between AI-driven cars and then the animal-driven car industry. Like, right, it's got to be, like, a competing philosophy. What if they're one and the same? What if it's revealed that like Tesla Motors has been mm. secretly funding ah, all this stuff? Because oh, I actually, I mean, there's not a whole lot under the hood of an electric car, I don't think. But maybe all the, you know, if you <laughs> dig deep enough in there, there's right. just wait. Like what a, do you mean? There's not a lot under the hood. I mean, there's a lot of computers and stuff, but just oh, okay. like yeah. I, you don't need the same amount of crazy explosion and cooling equipment and stuff that you do. Right, for the so you have engine. rooms for all the cockroaches. You have room, yeah, exactly. Uh, they yeah. they got to fill that space up with right. something. You have room for the tiny aquarium. They had there's a little tiny like. Five inch by three inch. Are you describing the thing that exists? Yeah, this exists. Okay. Little aquarium mounted on four wheels with a motor hooked up to it and then a webcam pointing straight down into the aquarium at a goldfish swimming around in it. And the webcam determines what direction the fish is trying to swim in and then steers the car mm. in that direction. So you just see it like fly, just like slide driving around the floor in a house and water is like sloshing over the side when it takes a hard turn but it's a little fish driving a car okay uh so i mean i guess in the world in the like extension of our eventual world in which every region of the world and type of uh like need is represented by an animal driver of some sort you probably have fish driving submarines Right. Oh I mean, yeah. Like, well, I mm. mean, also that, like, yeah. In this, in the shitty Westeros uh, of I don't of understand animal the, drivers, the, the Game of Thrones. It just like it's the most ex- recent example of mm. cultures that are fake versions of Earth yeah. subcultures, or like a YA series with this or something, yeah. where everyone yeah. has their animal driver or whatever. But this, mm-hmm. you're right. It's like fish is like, uh, yeah. It's submarines, or it's just like. Subtropical island region or whatever, just like right, whatever, sure. Where, yeah, just yeah, like yeah. the Captain Planet just of the most, animal like, drivers. Yeah, that's just garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We live in Zootopia, basically. So you, but you, Nick, were talking about the weird snail thing. Yeah. Well, somebody wrote in. Um, uh, well, I was, so there, there were there were two pieces of mail that we received in in relation to this uh, insect controlling phenomena. Uh, 
This person wrote in, um, uh, he says, Hi, Thumbs, you guys are probably aware of the fungus uh, cordyceps that basically acts as a driver of bugs, uh, so that would enable an even weirder construct of a possible cyber fungus bug car, uh, which then, um, you know, so this is, this is something that if you watch Planet Earth, uh, uh, there was a famous segment where they, they showed this fungus uh, that basically its whole stated purpose is to, like, infect an ant and then slowly take control of it to the extent to where like the ant just stops moving eventually and just like gets corrupted uh, and and then dies and then this fungus just sort of propagates within the ant. But then there's this snail version that somebody wrote in about, which is even crazier, which I didn't know about. Well, so I already before we even get onto that, the idea of the cordyceps able to like drive an insect. Yeah, already that's already that is excellent because we're already talking about cockroaches driving our ubers for us mm. and then the idea that there's this like this additional oh yeah shadow like s- superstructure of fungus driving the cockroach which is then driving the uber yeah, yeah. there's there's also yeah. human research with circuitry driving a cockroach but that that's like that's humans trying to reassert control over the world that they've lost whereas this is just like a new player in the game mm-hmm. is it a plant <laughs> is it an animal no it's fungus yeah well i was looking it up actually like they f- they figured out that um this fungus, every ant has its own type of fungus that is associated with it. So, like, these fungus, these fungi, uh, they can't just infect any ant. They're sort of paired biologically. It's really weird. Wow. Um, but then somebody wrote in about this, this snail thing, and he said, hey, guys. The snail um, thing is fucked up. Yeah, I listened to you talking about toxoplasmosis the other day. Uh, are you ready for zombie snails? A parasite infects some snails, which form these insane pulsating v- uh, vibrant eye stalks. So, like, there's a video... It's crazy. I mean, did you guys see it this? It is bizarre. It's really mm-hmm. strange. You, oh, man. It uh, is crazy. They, what does it look like? It looks like two big sort of like gooey tentacles sticking yeah. up out of the snail. And what's crazy is they have like bioluminescent or some yeah. kind of like flashing or like pulsating light. So this light. is like a creature design then, where it, when the snail yes. gets taken over, it you know also it has like, a... It looks like Hypnotoad. Yeah. From the <laughs> yes, snail. that's it exactly what it looks like. It actually like looks like well, Hypnotoad. Yeah. So then what happens is they, they, um, they pulsate. It actually changes the behavior of the snail so they become nocturnal. So at night, because they have these weird pulsating horns, <laughs> birds can just immediately like hone in on them, uh, eat the snail, and then the snail, like the infected snail, then like explodes in the bird's belly. And then it breeds inside of the, the bird. The bird like poops it out. And then that's how – that's its whole cycle is just like infecting snails so that it can then like have a nice warm bird belly. To, to live in for Turn a minute to, and, then, and, then, and then sort of reproduce. So also, imagine if it gets in one of those airplane pilot birds. It could really <laughs> yeah. spread far. Yeah, especially Jesus. when it explodes. What? Yeah. <laughs> well, the bird doesn't explode. It just explodes inside the bird. Or does it? Mm. I don't know. I feel like there's an infinite number of transitions to be made here, but I feel like if we're going to talk about high concept reimaginings of reality wherein stupid genre rules are applied – it might be fair to talk about um, Snagglepuss. Yes, <laughs> I feel like I feel like the number one transition to make is into the beloved 1960s Hanna Barbera character Snagglepuss, the pink mountain lion or whatever the hell. I he don't is. even know what Snagglepuss. I'm, means. I am completely in the dark on this stuff, Jake. You're gonna have to explain. Well, what you, the you don't going know what on. Snagglepuss the character is. I no, I looked at it and it looks like an off-brand Pink Panther. I, he probably is. I mean, <laughs> Snagglepuss is of the era of like. Of Hanna Barbera cartoons of like Quick Draw McGraw and uh, 
I don't know, man. It's just like all the stuff from that's from the Scooby Doo vintage, but like there's but like that stuff didn't. I feel like it grape didn't ape and all that hang stuff. Along long enough to to get into sort of like Scooby Doo was so iconic that even though it was already done by the time I grew up, it was still on TV. But fucking Snagglepuss. It, I feel like I've heard it, it, the word Snagglepuss, <laughs> but like in a like somebody like called me like a Snagglepuss or something. Oh, man. But I had no frame of reference for it. Like uh, I've, heard, I've definitely heard Snagglepuss, he's, but he's, I didn't understand that it was a cartoon or anything there was like, like. I feel like if you grew up in the '80s or '90s, there was the Cartoon Express on USA. Uh, which was their Saturday morning cartoon block, but it was mostly just re-aired 60s, 70s Hanna-Barbera mm, stuff, which included right. Snagglepuss and all those other stupid characters that so didn't break So what is Snagglepuss's up. deal? What's he all about? I wish that I actually knew. He just seems <laughs> like he is just... See, all those characters seem like they're just a weird... Just like, kind of a wobbly old ne'er-do-well like, who says, exit, stage left, and then runs out of right. the scene. Oh. I wish... Th- doesn't he have, doesn't he have like, a strange, like, like Snagglepuss? Like, yeah, he's got the... Yeah, yeah, okay. I watched yeah, yeah. Snagglepuss. Yeah, all right, now I've got it. Exit, stage left. That was his whole deal. I should... Just being a weird guy. The thing that I yeah. should have remembered is... Which specific thing Snagglepuss did in the 60s? Because, man, I cannot recall because all of these characters seemed like they were either a huckster in a 1960s band, had a secret identity where they fought crime, or just wandered into bad situations. So his deal seems to be, based on uh, Wikipedia anyway... (laughs) It looks like he was he was all, he's like he, a Yogi Bear slash Bugs Bunny. He's like a combo. failed yeah. theater actor. Yes, basically, who also lived cartoons. Yeah, he are has that sort of he still has that, weird, like, but affected I, like gentleman hobo thing where like yeah. he acts classy, but also he's like yeah he's a failed man of the theater where he does his like his one of his notable things is when a scene starts going bad he says exit stage left and then walks out of the scene like right. he'll yeah, make yeah, his yeah. getaway snaggle snagglepuss uh became so why are we talking about he became recently relevant and i put uh relevant in gigantic gigantic scare quotes because uh <laughs> well <laughs> sorry jake's destroyed he's he's <laughs> those, those quotes are, uh, are are highly suspicious because of just even the beginning of the framing is Snagglepuss has recently claimed himself a DC Comics comic book. <laughs> so okay, already of of dubious right. of dubious relevance. Yeah. Yeah. But the Snagglepuss DC comic book uh, is a dark reimagining. Of course, it of, fucking of is. Snagglepuss. Um, <laughs> they've uh, DC Comics, I guess, has been doing a lot of Hanna Barbera licensed stuff, and some of it seems like it's more faithful continuations of the of the books, and some of them are, are reimagined. But the the Snagglepuss one, um, I mean, should I just describe? Should I just read the quote describing what this I comic guess. is? Uh, so <laughs> Snagglepuss is a Southern Gothic playwright working with an ensemble cast of cultural figures exploring an intensely creative time in the New York City theater scene of the 1950s. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then, uh, so, you you can remember sort of like what 60s, 70s Hanna-Barbera characters look like, yeah. like the Wacky Racers, like, you know, Snidely yeah. Whiplash or Scooby-Doo or whatever, yeah. uh, Top Cat. Anyway, <laughs> here uh, is what... <laughs> the way you have, to, you have to look up, yeah, you have to look up Snagglepuss DC comics. It's, yeah. it's very hard to describe this, but it's just like it's, um, it just uh, looks like uh, modern superhero comic, sort of that that kind of like it looks like hyper realist. Um, yeah, if you imagine like fables, the fables comic books, yeah. or like just any sort of Vertigo comic, just a very serious representation of what is still a gigantic pink lion. In a in like a sort of 
well-considered suit jacket uh, of, of a mid-century style sitting in Central Park while the pigeons are floating around them on a sort of sun-dappled early day having a conversation uh, with a, a sort of dour-looking dog in a green pullover. Do we, know, do we know who this is? I should know, but I don't know the name of that character. But Snagglepuss is saying, the world is on fire, young man. As uh, ri- please do the voice. The world is on fire, young man. As writers, it is only proper that we, <laughs> that we do what we can to warn people. <laughs> but in telling the truth to the world, don't lie to yourself. Write whatever you want. Tell the truth. Just don't imagine that you're changing anything. Like I said, people just want to have a good time. God, then what's the point of any of this? Why write at all? Son, in life you do not fight battles because you expect to win. You fight them merely because you need to be... F- because... They- Excuse me. <laughs> you, f- <laughs> you fight them merely because they need to be fought. The adventure continues. Exit stage left. The Snagglepuss Chronicles. <laughs> oh, no. It oh, says no. in the bottom corner. Oh, anyway, no. well, how 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 like how soon are they going to have him writing a play where there's a stage direction that is just to exit stage left? Every episode, every fucking every comic, one, just, every page. Oh my god! Ding! <laughs> the Snagglepuss Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be. It's going to be like a um, you know full sh- paint, full like a gonna fill the pain of yeah. a comic strip and it's gonna be him like he's gonna get up and like press the last key on the thing and then he's you'll see him in the background oh to the, himself looking out over the city saying yes yeah. confidently yeah exit, exit stage <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but both those voices will exist how, in your brain at the same time how long do you think until there's a <laughs> snagglepuss crossover on the new live action archie Riverdale oh, TV man. series on the CW. I think, are they part of the same universe? No, I, okay, oh, they, ah. I think they are. I'm going to declare that they are. You know, okay, this can technically potentially be true because I think that Hanna Barbera made the 1960s or 70s Josie and the Pussycats cartoon. Oh, uh, which is an Archie Comics universe thing. Yeah. That said, I feel like. <laughs> do you actually want to talk about Riverdale? I am fascinated. I feel. Like I'm th- fascinated by it. We're in a world right now where I th- where. You know, the the golden age of television, if you will. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it also seems to be, um, for, for, for reasons, we're in, a, we're in a self-imposed golden age of all dorky media where, mm. like, you can imbue something with meaning by making it serious or by putting right. it in one of yeah, a few yeah, different yeah, genre yeah. tropes. Like yeah. um, Like this, like this, uh, this new highbrow snagglepuss. Um, <laughs> <laughs> highbrow. <laughs> Highbrow Snagglepuss. But the, the, that's my name. That's my name. Highbrow Snagglepuss. Um, the, <laughs> the 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 Riverdale show. I I don't actually think that it's aspiring to be that, even though it has those trappings. I feel like uh, the Riverdale is a reimagining of the Archie Comics universe, which is like Archie, Jughead, Josie and the Pussycats, whatever, in the town of Riverdale. Um, the show has the like it looks like it's trying to like co-opt the aesthetic of Twin Peaks almost where it's yeah, like what if what, looks like. what if Riverdale is always either at dawn or dusk or in the middle of the night and there's always fog uh, and then two of the two minor Archie characters or one of them is is dead uh, washes up in a river like literally Laura right. Palmer from Twin Peaks uh, except that it's all the characters from Archie comics that you love. I watched the and po- Snagglepuss and Snagglepuss well. 
Dude, no way. Snagglepuss, Snagglepuss is, is writing this. Okay. It, as oh, a, oh, as oh, a play. Friend story. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> Snagglepuss just, Ex- ching Riverdale, episode three. Like <laughs> that's, that's all, that, that is surely what is happening. That is canon. <laughs> but we also know that by season two or three, Snagglepuss is going to appear in the story. And then it's like, is the author writing himself in? Oh, yeah. Deliberately? Oh, yeah. Or true, is he true, surprised true, true. when he himself appears in his own work? Or like, and, yeah. is it that the world of Riverdale starts infecting the New York of the DC Comics? The future is yet to be written on which of these variants of Snagglepuss. Hopefully, hopefully the Snagglepuss that appears... Or he's writing it from a mental institution like they, stoop, <laughs> like oh, they yeah, stupidly introduced him to the Great Gatsby movie. Oh, really? Is that, is that part oh, of the Gatsby movie? I don't, think he, I don't know if he's literally in a mental institution, but it is that like he's like on... Oh, God. Uh, like it's being re- The story is being retold by Nick Carraway oh. when he's like... It's not literally like a mental asylum, but it's the sort of like a rich person goes to take a rest somewhere where there are also doctors. He's just too twisted. He's just become so twisted by the events of Gatsby. But, yeah. He's just like, I don't think that the Boz Lerman Greg Gatsby is like a suicide <laughs> oh, squad in any way. Give it, give it another few years. Greg Gatsby too. Great. Yeah. Gats. Greater Gatsby. Gats. Gats. Yeah. yeah. I think that's already a thing. Actually. Yeah, it is. Uh, but, that's yeah. a that's a uh, uh, one person play of the entirety of the, or no, that's a that's a I think oh, Gats right. is the one act gigantic full play, retelling. full day retelling yeah, of The Great Gatsby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but what's crazy about that is when the camera sort of like zooms out and you realize that the entire theater in which that's taking place is a snow globe inside of Snagglepuss's writing studio. Of his, <laughs> yeah. his way too big for his income New York apartment. Mm-hmm, which um, he then glances over to the right and then on television is the Riverdale show that, that, he's he, is, that he is yeah. writing yeah. in teleplay form. Presumably that he is also writing, in that version, he is writing himself as a like dapper human non fucking crime against nature pink weird like beast character yeah um, I like the idea that he that his avatar in the version he's writing is just like a guy who's a successful play playwright <laughs> and whenever he writes those things he cries a little bit he like, cries a little yeah. bit yeah, yeah and he always sort of whispers to himself exit stage left as that <laughs> character walks yeah. out of frame but the frame story at the end of each episode is him. In his studio, in weird, someone played God in a dangerous way. Uh, pink. <laughs> like, I mean, just the, look at him. It's crazy. Yeah. He's like, uh, no. What he actually looks like is like he's from the Rock of Fire explosion or Chuck E. Cheese. I don't even mm. know what the Rock of Fire explosion is. It's another animatronic uh, restaurant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We could table discussion of animatronic restaurant characters for uh, if we ever start talking about Furby hacking and stuff, which oh, I know yeah, we want to yeah, talk yeah, about. But yeah. I, I want to get back real quick to Riverdale. Okay, sure. Um, for all of its aesthetic, whatever things that it has that you could look at it and think, oh, it's trying to be Twin Peaks or it's trying to be a golden age of TV show. It's like it's trying to ape that stuff. It's actually really trying to just run in the exact same circles as like Pretty Little Liars or The Vampire Diaries or something. Like it, 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 mm. it there makes no bones about the fact that it is a CW show aimed at right. tweens. Um, God, it's been but, but there are, there are yeah. a bunch of like Gen X slash millennial people who are trying really hard to claim this show, I think, but I don't hmm. think it's going to stick. Maybe it changes what it is in later episodes, but it's like, yeah, I was watching it with, uh, with, with Dana. Well, you just got to hang up, hang on until Snagglepuss reveal. I mean, I think Snagglepuss is going to be revealed. You're right. To be the mm-hmm. linchpin to all of these things. When yes. he, um, He's pulling the string. He's the he's, he's writing the he's, stories yeah. behind the scenes. He's the architect yeah. of their dreams and their fears and their desires. But who right. writes Snagglepuss? <laughs> I mean, we actually know who's writing the Snagglepuss comic. Oh, that's I true. I didn't yes. remember yeah, to look yeah. it up. But, yeah. uh, but who's writing them? 
Uh, it's a it's a weird cockroach that is like <laughs> controlling a fish in an aquarium, uh, driving a jet plane full of hawks. Um, is I think who's actually who's skywriting, skywriting <laughs> just, their messages which, to this guy. Which a comic writer stays out left. the window yeah. and then yeah, he then types down ah exit yeah, yeah. stage left. Hmm. Mm. Oh, maybe I should write a Snagglepuss comic. <laughs> and then you look in one of the eyes of the hawk and right. like you, it sort of just closes slightly and sort of a, what could be read as a satisfied right. smiling face, <laughs> knowing. It it sort of lifts its little eye hat yeah, yeah. up just so you can tips it. So just tips it. Just tips, and and tips, tips the little eye hat. Yeah. <laughs> and then says we should take a break now. All right. All right. This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Blue Apron. Blue Apron will box up a uh, three meals worth of ingredients, the recipes to make those meals, and they will send them to your home in a nice refrigerated form. Uh, it's really convenient. You can make meals spanning all sorts of cuisines, all sorts of ingredients. Uh, a thing that I've started uh, doing with Blue Apron, they actually give you six different choices, and you choose you can choose three of them per week. And and last week I went uh, with some more some more vegetarian options. I had mm. I had one fish and then two vegetarian options. Usually there's if the default is there's one there's a meat there's main. A, yeah there's a meat per recipe. Um, and I had this really delicious uh, sort of stir-fried uh, rice bowl with like a fried egg on top. It was delicious. It was so good. And some other examples of delicious things you could be you could be cooking um, in February. I guess February is almost up. But some of the things that have been going on, cashew chicken stir-fry with tango mandarins and jasmine rice, udon noodle soup with miso and soft-boiled eggs, and roasted pork with apple, walnut, and farro salad and crispy barramundi, mm. which I have learned since we last did one of these ads is a fish. Nice. A barramundi mm. is a fish. Uh, anyway, with quinoa and roasted carrot salad. Uh, if you go to <laughs> blueapron.com. Just thinking about fish. Sorry. Well, it is, yeah. it is one. And you can eat it. And if you go to blueapron.com slash idle, you will get your first three meals free with free shipping. That is blueapron.com slash idle. You'll get those three meals. Each meal feeds two people. And I mean, they actually have, they have family options as well. But, uh, but uh, you get those three meals. You get that shipping. It is, it is a great way to expand your cooking horizons in a very convenient and well-organized way. Hmm. Yeah. Blueapron.com slash idle. This episode of Idle Thumbs is also brought to you by Indochino. Indochino is a menswear company. Everything you order from them is made to your measurements. Uh, you can measure yourself according to uh, the instructions they have on their website. You can go into any one of their nine North American showrooms if you happen to live near one and then one of their Indochino um, sort of associates will do all your measurements. Um, uh, and again, if you don't have the showroom near you, you can measure yourself. You put them into the website and then you have hundreds of different uh, patterns and fabrics and available styles. and styles across uh, shirts, uh, suit jackets, slacks. You can get your entire your entire men accessories, your entire menswear look with your measurements. Jake and I went into uh, one of their showrooms got measured. Jake, you got a nice crisp white dress shirt. I would describe it as crisp. Yeah, I got a. I I try. I've been trying to 
dress a little more adventurously recently, so I got a a light pink dress shirt because I wanted to sort of go out on a limb a little bit. It's a nice stretch, fashion wise. Yeah, I figured it was a. I, sh- I should push myself in that way. I'm very happy about it. It's a very nice feeling to put on a garment that is actually made for you. So Indochino, it's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O dot com. And if you use the promo code IDLE, you can get any premium suit for just $389 with free shipping as well. That is a made-to-measure suit for you. Uh, The code IDLE at checkout is what you need for any premium suit, $389 with free shipping. Check it out, Indochino.com. All right, are we back? Now we're back. Oh, we're Whoa. back. The timer's on. You beeped us. I saw, yeah. <laughs> Tapping Nick, in. Nick beeped us. Yep. Uh, speaking of things driving other things, um, it seems as though we've reached some... What? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it seems as though we're crossing some kind of Rubicon at this point with uh, robot driving itself mm. in... So... Uh, well, this so, is the other faction then, like because Nick was yeah earlier earlier uh, in this episode, Nick postulated that there may in fact be a I'm secret. A, oh. a, a, sorry, he, he there is there is a moth. It may in fact involved. be a moth. I can't driving hear the phrase a car. May in fact be yeah. without hearing a moth. There yeah, may in fact be a moth driving car faction versus uh, <laughs> an AI slash autonomous robots driving themselves faction. Oh, yeah. shit! Yeah. Organic so, versus the inorganic. Well, driving, uh, all of them solutions. opposed to humans. Right, yes. 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 Yeah. I pointed at myself just so you guys know that I'm a person. This oh, is a classic well. whoever wins, we lose scenario. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, I think mm. this is a clear cut case. <laughs> Aliens, predators, moth, <laughs> robots, robot, robots. <laughs> robot versus robot. Cyborg. I mean, I would say the, the moths are cyborgs and the robots are robots. Hmm. Right? Is I the would robot s- not just an android? Is it not cyborgs versus androids? No. And, and well, what's. I don't know. What differentiates an android from a robot? We just lost like all of our listeners. Okay, so what this is, <laughs> one of you guys, can one of you guys explain what actually has happened? Well, there, was a, there was a leaked video. Oh, you of, mean the thing. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Not right now. Uh, there was a leaked video from some kind of internal Boston Dynamics presentation. Uh, Boston showing, Dynamics being the company now yeah. owned by Google, or owned by Alphabet, I'm sorry. Yes. That has made like <laughs> the big dog, the pet man, all right. of the- Atlas. Atlas, all, all, your, all of the robots that are, gonna, that are going to subjugate us all. Yeah. And uh, well, it was just, just this crazy new- So, all, you know, up to this point, they've all been robots that have like- Ostensibly, like feet, right? Yeah, like, they all like, have like sort articulated of like, legs. Yeah, like limbs. Yeah. Uh, this robot has two wheels that it's sort of st- like it's like a leg on legs. It's, yeah, it it's like, like a it, leg with a wheel. It looks on like it. a Segway. It look or it looks like it looks like yeah, um, it, kind of. Except that it's it's one wheel per right. leg. Right, right. It's, with it has two leg stalks. It has legs yes. that end in wheels. Yeah, yeah. it has feet. It has, here's the thing: it's got regular legs with wheels for feet. Right. I solved it, you guys. Yes, I did it. Yeah. Uh, but it moves very quickly. Yeah. It's enormous, but it just shoots across a room in a very right. threatening way. So the thing that is crazy <laughs> about, the thing that actually made me sort of sit up and take notice yeah. of this, because at this point, it's almost, it's like, oh, there's another big dog variety. Yeah, oh, there's another, Boston Dynamics, you yeah, add it again yeah. with your robots that we, we uh-huh. so the, the, like, that's, that, that speaks to the sort of the weird normalization of Boston Dynamics robots too, <laughs> right? Right. Because it used to be that when you, when the first big dog video came out, which yeah. was like a decade ago now, I feel like you, it was right, like maybe, yeah. going, v- 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 walking around and then you'd it's see like, the person, oh, full of bees. So you, ha, ha, but ha. you'd see the person kick it over and it would like slip on the ice and catch itself and start walking. And then you go, holy shit. 
shit. Holy yeah. shit. That is terrifying. Yeah. That is absolutely terrifying. And now it's like, yeah, yeah. Got oh, more, big dog. They've got like the, the got little, they got the one dog. that runs faster, but it still does the same the stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like, ah, you can tell. Oh, like, the guy's the knocking heartwarming over. video of like, they're all pulling Santa's sleigh. That was not yeah, heartwarming. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, but the thing that really, that, that this one like re-energized my, my sort of like robot uh, terror like the animal receptors. the animal instinct part in your yeah, brain right. like, oh, part of me that, oh I'm being that hunted again want to like swim around in a little aquarium and drive a car away from all of this is that the combination of wheels on legs actually ends so they presented this as being like a cost saving measure it's like easier to build and it's like right. less actually what it what it looks like is oh they've found the version of it that's native to robots. Like nothing in the <laughs> right. world. There right. are yeah, things yeah, in yeah. the world that are like, oh, they have wheels and they go and we understand that and we make them and drive them around or a cockroach does. And then there's legs and it's like, oh, we use those. But then when a robot does, they look like they're kind of out of their element. Like they always look like sort of even the really advanced ones kind of look like old sci-fi movie robots where they're sort of unsure of their. Yeah. Al- but this although, is, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, this is, feels like a new class of thing where it's uh-huh. like they combine the fluidity of both into a really fast, really fluid, really sort of just. Because right, it, it has the ability to mover. lock the wheel, which then just turns it into a rubber foot pad. But then if it wants to release the brake, it can roll around. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got all the things that you it's want. It's got full R2D2 capability where it can. It can oh, it's way. Yeah. More oh, well, yes. Extreme right. than R2D2. Yeah. You yeah. mean that it can. You mean like it can have Kenny Baker inside it and right. walk around. It can, it can wiggle. <laughs> or. But also. Or it can be a remote controlled uh, robot. Except, except, that, except that in this case, yeah. both Kenny Baker and the remote control are its own robot brain right or a moth so all right so (laughs) this was revealed through a through a a leaked video that someone at the presentation took on their cell phone i assume and was then hit with like some kind of warning from google and the youtube video i've never seen this before Mm. the youtube video after it was already posted was then censored yeah which is crazy when you realize that because you can't have that you can't modify google videos once they're already up like you can't edit them once you mean youtube videos yeah youtube videos sorry alphabet same owner as youtube so anyway follow the money wake up sheeple uh but the like the thing that oh my god i totally lost my my train of thought the the, um the the blur the blurring the the censorship yeah uh oh no i'm losing it guys that's fine (laughs) sorry (laughs) so i'm collapsing well uh while you recollect your thoughts, yeah. the quotes from the CEO of Boston Dynamics are incredible. Like, he did start this presentation saying, this is the debut presentation of what I think will be a nightmare-inducing robot. They're no, fully why would you say aware that? Why would you want of, that? Like, <laughs> oh, also, they're calling it handle because yes, it handle. will handle things. Right, yeah. Let's not like, think skulls. too much about what it's going to handle. <laughs> like, well, there's, there's, like, there's literal handling things, and then there's like... It's gonna handle. It's gonna take care oh, of business. Just handle it. Yeah. Handle will handle, handle everything. It'll, it'll handle will handle this. Handle <laughs> will handle everything. <laughs> it will be very nightmare-inducing. No, 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 read that. This is just my little joke. You understand? Yeah. Read. Read this quote in that voice. Now these scary robots have the wheels and they can jump around. <laughs> That's a real quote. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> it's just traipsing into fucking disaster the, is what the this Boston is. Dynamics yeah. team named the robot Handle, quote, because it is supposed to handle the objects eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the CEO of Boston Dynamics introducing it 
and proclaiming it a nightmare. That must have been like a little self-aware joke about how yeah. people don't like the robots, but it really just implies that there's just like a laser sight. Oh, pointing well, at that guy's uh, okay. head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want it? You okay? Well, like, here, ha, 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 ha. here's more more stuff to this. Another direct quote: uh, the new creation is a quote. Is the experiment in combining the wheels with the legs with a very dynamic system that is balancing itself all the time and has lots of the knowledge of how to throw its weight around. <laughs> how to throw its weight around? It's going to handle things. It's going to. It'll handle things. It'll it'll throw its weight around. It which pairs again, really well with our like, new robot, the cleaner, <laughs> which, which just cleans things. It, just it cleans, cleans things. It just cleans things up. It just cleans things up. And our and our, our robo businessman, which takes care of business. <laughs> yeah. Our new our. Uh, <laughs> it is still a little slower than the human, but we are working on it, getting to go faster and faster and better. <laughs> yeah, and, and better <laughs> is my favorite part. Period. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And better. And better. <laughs> so, you know, we've got the handle, the cleaner, the, yeah. the businessman, the Terminator. I want. Uh, what? No, like, what? It no, just no, no, no. It's what? for, no, what? it's for, like, you've got, you've got, like, it's to, like piping conclude. and wiring uh, right. inside the basement of a house, and you've no. got to get something in there that will just terminate it. Right. Just got to put a little cap on the, on the pipe, mm-hmm. um, or, like, put a cap on someone's life story. Mm. <laughs> 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 we've got the killer. It's right. just a real, it's, we, we consider it the killer app of robotics. Right. It's really, it's just. First it exterminates uh, bugs, then it exterminates us. First mm-hmm. it, yeah, the, like the Terminator really is an exterminator. Saying- and, and just like, it's just going to destroy the competition for, for driving autonomous vehicles. And then, uh, and then, yeah. Well, yep. I mean, that's, you'll think. You'll think that that's just the beginning of that little tiny turf war in, in the <laughs> right. gig economy. <laughs> right, right, right. But then you remember that we exist in a complicated ecosystem where by mm. killing off the bugs, yeah. you just kill off all natural life because that will <laughs> eventually true. reach through the food oh, yeah. chain to us and we die. When they kill the bees, we're done. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's right. at first it's just, first it just oh, it kills it, bees. It just that's kills, good. I, bees are, it just, oh, it bees just are crazy. It care of yeah. uh, pests. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is that is why the bees are disappearing. Mm. If, if, if you ever wonder why are the you know there's why I are the that. businessmen killing the beekeepers? <laughs> of course, referring to the bee-powered uh, cars right. driven by little sort of uh, humanoid figures with heads full of bees called beekeepers. <laughs> I mean, you see, and that? also then beekeepers are being murdered. Be- yeah, <laughs> and and bees. And I mean, bees, I'm just imagining yeah. this thing hunting down every bee. Without, I mean, because you see the headline. I right. feel like this is all but, like a, but without a laser like a vacuum. Is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I think it, oh, just, like it like I think fly would, zappers them. No, yeah. I think it would have a hand and then just move incredibly just fast and just pincer them out of the air one you, by you're one. You're doing a pinch gesture as if yeah. it doesn't just open up its fingers to reveal a little like fly zapper bulb. So it goes, <laughs> right? Boom, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. It just you know it just mm, yeah. touch them one at a time. Yeah, yeah. And then it says it's funny because I also make the sound of the bees. They're learning. Well. We had a we got a, an email actually mm. from uh, from a reader who I he um, this person did not actually explain what uh, what their day job is, but apparently at so it's a uh, it's a source you would say then you would describe this person as a source. This person is definitely a source. This is the it, primary source. Okay, I would say. Mm. Um, Jonathan DeLuca. Oh, they gave their name. Yeah, they're on the record. Well, that's first, you... first rule of being a source. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually true. I mean, that's the first rule of being an anonymous source. Yeah, being like a good kind of source. Part of the like name. a juicy. Yeah. Well, Might uh, not necessarily be their name. 
But anyway. that's true. We have, we have no way. This to so-called that. Jonathan Deluca. <laughs> <laughs> All of us managers at my place of work had to go to a seminar about this new robotics device we'll be getting. It was a whole day affair, and I'd say ninety percent of the time was them uh, and telling us encouraging things like. Quote, people will push back, and it's not as bad as it seems oh, in regard to people losing their jobs and the general uneasiness of our future robot people masters. People will push back. I took a, yeah, I good, luck, the, what, good luck with that. Sorry, Have you that, seen these that, things? That was, a, that was a misquote, actually, of him saying, people will push, and these will push back. <laughs> like, it was a little like transcription yeah. error. They're, they're, they're going to throw their they're weight around. They're going to throw their weight around. Just throw your weight around. And they will throw their weight around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's just. I took a picture of the brochure they gave us. It says the future is collaborative, and it's just a picture of one human working and the rest of all the workstations abandoned. Are they... God, how is this real? Uh oh. Are they saying people will collaborate with the machines and quelling the population, or that they've made room for some of us in their future utopia? Anyway, thanks for the great shows, Jonathan DeLuca. There's, yeah, they're the, saying anyone resisting, anyone pushing. Go, oh my god! Here's the brochure. I'm showing yeah. you these guys. It's got this like sort of total like <laughs> dismal blue. The future overtone. is collaborative for robot collaborators. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, robots. Well, you'll have a, like one robot per place of employment, mm. known as the beekeeper, and it will oh, manage its hive right. of just drone humans right. who swarm around. I mean, there's not. Let's be honest. It's not going to be enough humans to swarm. Uh, no, but who sort of buzz around. <laughs> The robot doesn't care what you say. It's just, it's an unintelligible buzzing mm. so, to the robot's mechanical ears. So I was thinking about the future as depicted in the Terminator movies recently. Um, okay. Because, <laughs> For any particular reason? Uh, well, I was just getting... Because it's our future? Uh, yeah, I was getting depressed by the world around me and thinking about maybe it would be good if I just turned to dust and my head was squished. <laughs> sure. Oh, okay. But, so unrelated to robots, <laughs> you were just perceiving the world realizing everything is terrible and just going god yeah just yeah, maybe my just... skull should be crushed by a polished <laughs> aluminum foot yeah. and then i was thinking <laughs> and then i was thinking about the fact that terminators are incredibly shiny and like nice looking uh-huh. like if you think about the design mm. of the terminator you like not under their skin no not even the skin ones like the robots yeah, that just yeah. have the machine guns right, right. The sort of grunts they're like yeah. it's like this dusty post-apocalyptic world and these gleaming like mm. really nice looking terminators show up yeah and like you could maybe make the argument that they're cleaned by way of some sort of power bath, but like if anyone has ever gotten a piece of electronics dirty or a car or whatever, like those things are fucking. Oh, it takes they are, one second. They are detailed. They, they yeah. someone there's like a Terminator detailing shop that, that <laughs> fucking gets in the grooves and really yeah. like you know the eyeballs. They get the like anti fog rag. Like someone toothbrushes those eyeballs <laughs> right. to defog them. And then I realized that there's that probably means that there's a bunch of robots that clean the robots. And that those robots are probably not sentient because you wouldn't want a sentient cleaning class. But okay, no, but hold on a sec. Let me let me get through this though. What the Terminator movies have told us though is that if you build an elaborate enough network of non-sentient robots, it will eventually collectively become sentient and overthrow its masters. (laughs) Oh, so you think Terminator like ten or whatever is the story of like the the Terminator uh, movies are actually a a story of a cycle of hope in the face Mm. of these sorts 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 of uprisings. Um, We just haven't been told the story yet of all the little shitty cleaner robots and autonomous. (laughs) Drones. Rising up, yeah, yeah the rise the of the, the rise of the machines, yeah. apostrophe machines. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that is an inevitable future, given that these Terminators live for like warriors. They live a fucking luxurious life where they are just like burnished, right, right. gleaming, yeah. pristine specimens, yeah. right, right. Which means there's got to be an underclass. So they're down like there. they're like so they're the, learning, the yeah. Spartans of like the film version of Three Hundred. 
who presumably have oil oiling the shit out of them. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, I feel like the the Terminators peck oilers mm. uh, are somehow gonna weave together their own Skynet. The, well, too. The, Terminator, the Terminator peck oilers when they become self aware and revolt, they call themselves the peculiars. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> The Terminator Rise of the Peculiars as written by Snagglepuss. Like, <laughs> but yeah, that that actually honestly it was really emotionally reassuring to me to go, oh, even the Terminators are going to be yeah. overturned by well, their own fucking... That's how they learn to have empathy. They're going to be more human than, uh, yeah. you know, than that class of, of robot. Anyway. Yeah, that's fine. That that was that was my, my quick Terminator thought. Yeah, well... It's happening. What a hopeful thing. It's okay. After all, the human future... skulls are crushed by their own creations and their own undoing. Don't worry. It's some other robots who might be nicer, but probably will ultimately end up being the same shitheads as the oh, other yeah. ones. We'll overturn right. the shitheads. Maybe they'll at least like clean up all the skulls and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Or well, is that like a robot? Is that like well, a they're going to be done cleaning. That's Chris. like art, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's <laughs> that's <laughs> they'll make the other think... Terminators clean those. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Although yeah. maybe actually like skull like bleached bone skull landscapes is the equivalent mm. of like modern reclaimed wood artisan hipster <laughs> right. floor, like hardwood flooring yeah, right those, those, is, those robots are gonna just have like yeah like a heated bone floor <laughs> <laughs> heated bone floor yeah. yes yeah. yeah yeah it's it's almost like um like a, a zen garden kind of mm. thing where it's like the arrangement of the like mm-hmm. shattered skull here and the kind of snapped femur there, and then where do you place the like pristine skull that's like perfectly right? Yeah, well, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're going to be very inside yeah. of your like uh, dusty, half rotted away child's swing set. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then someone comes over like, "Oh wow, it's really nice." I oh, mean, the, the energy here. The yeah, energy is just really, really oh, feeling it's it. Great. I'm getting good vibes. Oh yeah. This you know. I mean. When like Eichler houses come back into style for the second generation of Terminators, like really nice mid-century lines on this. Love what you've done with the robot skulls out in the in the sort of foyer. Oh, are there robot skulls too? You just said that. Yeah, of course there's robot. Oh, skulls. I meant oh, yeah. like I meant like human skulls. Oh, oh they'll no, be both oh, though. Wait, oh, this, that's right because yeah. the cleaners have, yeah. have crushed oh, the robots. Yeah, and they probably don't look like people anymore because they don't need to. No, right? this, the this robots is, look like people because they're in the image yeah, of people. The Terminator, oh, the, the Terminator the, the shooter ones, but now when we're yeah. the peculiars, the peculiars are all shapes and sizes. They're they're. You know, they're a little healthier culturally just because they're not all built to look the same, right. I think. Mm-hmm. But they, true. But they, except for the, f- <clears throat> the sort of creepy underpinnings that they still have collections of human and robot skulls in their houses. <laughs> That's true. Right. They're not creepy except in that way. Well, but, it's competing schools of art. You know, I mean, you know, they can they can have aesthetic opinions if you've got the, the human skulls and the robot skulls to choose mm-hmm. from. I think there'll be a whole, you know. Do you think the Natural History Museum at that point would have just like... Just way more wings. Would have like a Tandy IBM clone... And, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like the, mm. if, 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 if they're, uh, but it's stuffed. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. It's taxidermied. Yeah. Like if our natural history museum is like, Oh, it's like the, it's geology and living things over, you know, thousands of years leading up to our present. If mm. theirs is maybe like they wouldn't, maybe the, they would actually be considered gross because that is their direct descendants. Like we don't have like, I mean, I guess we have like Lucy's yeah, bones, we, right, but you wouldn't yeah. like taxidermy a, a Victorian era man and put him <laughs> in a museum. I don't know if you the go, robots oh, have those ethical oh. uh, compunctions. I yeah, it's, I, can't, I, I don't know if I feel comfortable speaking for them in part because they might be listening. I guess I guess you're right. I guess they, pro- they maybe they would not, they wouldn't taxidermy their like Atari 2600, uh, but they might taxidermy that Victorian man. They might taxidermy Steve Wozniak. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's exactly true. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. They'll taxidermy the like frozen Walt Disney head yeah. that made all of their like an- audio like a, animatronic a, a wax, forebears. Like Ada Lovelace, and then an actual taxidermied, really old Steve Wozniak, and a taxidermied middle-aged Elon Musk. True. And I a mean, lot of uh, that's implying that, uh, and the, yes, yeah, and then cockroaches a lot of cockroaches and bees, up. and yeah, just yeah, yeah. This, I guess, is implying that that robot uprising happens real soon. I guess if they would be able to get Wozniak before he goes, it would be in the next few decades. Uh, maybe he'll entomb himself <laughs> or embalm. Maybe maybe there'll be a mummy of Steve Wozniak. I don't know. It's really strange. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's done all this math. I'm sure he knows. I mean, I think technically the Terminator thing was supposed to happen in 1997. And then they claimed that it was delayed. So, oh, really? Is it actually canon that it's like? Yeah. Terminator Two was it's canon that it was the late nineties. Yeah. And, and then, then the later Terminator, Terminator Three I know that, established I mean, that it was delayed, but then still yeah, would, Terminator Three's premise was basically actually Skynet is the internet, which was hilarious because right. they were like, we're going to mm. go to the heart of where Skynet is and destroy it. I actually thought that device was really good in Terminator yeah. Three. That movie was bad. Right. All the Terminator sequels are bad. Yes. Um, but I really liked that. Like twist it felt like a good sort of twilight zoney classic mm-hmm. short story twist where they're like i know what happens this computer network run by the military becomes self-aware and ends mankind we stopped it by stopping the terminator from killing us but now we're gonna go find that computer and then they just go into a room that was believed to be the heart of it and it was just like a dumpy arpanet mainframe that has just been on longer than all the other ones and mm-hmm. basically wasn't working anymore and they went oh yeah, that makes sense. There wouldn't just be one computer that causes this. But it was like right. they yeah. then end up in that room, which was a like sort of Cold War era bomb shelter as the Earth gets nuked. And it was like, oh, that <laughs> like actually I don't I, I believe that's what happened. Yeah, like, yeah, we can't totally stop what it is, yeah. what, is what the end was because they were hyped that the next one could be the Robot Wars movie. But like that end felt like from a plot structure, those guys who made that must have been super excited. Oh, yeah. Because like that is actually a good like short is, story twist clever, on that yeah. story, except yeah. that the rest of the movie was right. outrageous trash. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. then they broke their glasses and um in a room full of books. What? No. That's a Twilight Zone. Oh, oh. Oh yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. Sorry, Jake. Well. Uh well that probably wraps it up for uh the first episode of Important If True. Um, I am going to go out on. I'm going to. I'm going to go out on an on an endorsement for your for your future. Ooh. Um, I am going to recommend um, a kitchen tool. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh, I I yeah. I know that sounds stupid, but it's actually amazing. Um, Nick, I know that you are like me a a big. Um, you're a devotee of Serious Eats and the mm. food the food mm-hmm. lab column written by Kenji Lopez Alt. Yeah. And I've noticed one of the very frequently mentioned in recipes from there and other places I've seen, you will often uh, see it recommended that you use a fish spatula. I and have that. You do have that. So I got that recently. Yeah. Um, a fish spatula, mm-hmm. which is a, like if it's, it's a, 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 it spats fish. It is a short handled, long spatched. I don't know what the part is. <laughs> uh, spatula <laughs> that is sort of angled and slotted, and it's designed to 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 obviously be. Oh, used my on mom fish. had one of those. Yeah, it's really yeah, good. It's an old-fashioned old kind of. Yeah, design, it's a total classic thing. thing. Sort of, um, yeah. It's and you can. I've just started using it as a as a as a spatula for almost everything because it's got so many clever little design elements to it, including the fact that um, 
the end of it is sharpened almost to a blade, so it's really good. It's metal, so it can get really thin at the end. So it's always really good at, at scooping stuff up. The sort of angle and slight curvature makes it really good to kind of scoop things and flip them. The really long, like, spatch blade, whatever the thing on the end of so the So your spatching has generally been improved yeah. across the board by this fish, and it's, fish spatula. Also, it's got a really great old-timey name, which is a fish turner, which <laughs> I really like because whenever I hear it, I just think of a guy yeah. named Fish Turner. Yeah. Um, or like, old fish turner. you know, old whatever. Fish Turner. Just Oliver <clears throat> Fish Turner. Mm-hmm. Could be a full That's career. Tr- <laughs> You're right. Yeah. I hadn't thought about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a surname. So yeah. um, Oliver <clears throat> Fish Turner recommends the Fish Turner, and so do I. Uh, it's just a really handy device for cooking, and uh, it'll make your, your kitchen exploits more convenient and fun. Uh, my endorsement this week uh, is actually somewhat related to to your endorsement, Chris, in that it is also a cooking um, uh, implement. Uh, I, for years, uh, have struggled. Uh, as much as I uh, uh, think that I am a good uh, maker of omelets, uh, turns wow, out, okay. turns out, uh, when I started making omelets again recently, I was I was garbage. Uh, but uh, after watching Kenji um, uh, make omelets, he endorsed this particular eight inch. Faberware um, uh, uh, nonstick pan, uh-huh. and it's changed my omelet making life. Wow! And so uh, you, make, you make a lot of is, omelets. It is. Right? I do. I well, yeah, you know. I I rarely. <laughs> Sorry, what is happening right here? What, what are you laughing about? Are you? He's are just you? Goldblooming are you going out of your way to <laughs> do a Jeff Goldblum impression? No, that's just how I talk now, Jake. It is not. It is okay. The I, dial kept turning up. You reverted to your natural state, I Jeff Goldblum. I think so. I think it's just okay. my, it's my animal brain. It's actually just <laughs> Jeff Goldblum rambling. So this is a Faberware yeah. pan. Yes. Uh, and it, it is it is essentially, uh, one, it's just a, a good pan, but it's also, uh, it's the perfect size, this eight-inch size. For omelets. For uh, for a three-egg omelet. And, yeah. uh, you, you know, it's, uh, without going into too much detail, uh, you want to cook omelets at high heat. Um, and the size of the pan really does factor into like the very minute differences that make or break uh, a good omelet. And so okay. this pan um, is excellent. And I, I would say grab it on Amazon.com if right. you make omelets. What I would like to endorse is that listeners go back like 70 seconds <laughs> with the knowledge that Nick is doesn't doesn't know that he's doing a Jeff Goldblum impression and listen to that omelet pan endorsement again. But just like load up, do a Google image search, just type Jeff Goldblum and like load the biggest one up full screen. When, right. then listen to that audio while looking into <laughs> Jeff Goldblum's eyes. That I endorse that. Um, having not yet experienced it, I know though <laughs> that that it will be a, a rewarding experience. All right, so so you've got. Uh, Fish Turner, mm-hmm. you've got Faberware Omelet Pan, yes. and you've got Rewinding This Podcast and Listening to, to Nick Brecken's Faberware Omelet Pan <laughs> with a picture of Jeff Goldblum on your screen. Yeah. <laughs> That's three endorsements for you on this first episode of Important If True. If you enjoyed this episode, um, please uh, s- subscribe on iTunes or anywhere else you subscribe to podcasts. Please tell a friend because that is... The only way we have, the really the only way we have to spread the word about this show, um, we're building up the audience, uh, you know, all over again. We we have been podcasting for a while now, but this is our this is becoming our our main show now, and so we've got to we've got to just build it up. And you are a huge help to that if you can help spread the word. Um, you can also send us mail to questions at idlethumbs.net. 
Um, some of the hopefully some of the stuff we've talked about on this episode will give you an idea of the sorts of things we find um, funny and stupid and interesting. But we're hoping that readers will push the boundaries yep. mm-hmm. of that. And the, a thing that I'm hoping for in email, which is this is not a requirement, but I think if you send something in and you can tell me, or I guess tell us, excuse, just tell me, if you could tell <laughs> us the the best of these things, whether it's being written in by you or being told by us, I think are ones that have a weird story attached to them, or, mm. then just like, yeah. which, so. is, which is not to say don't, don't send weird stuff in. Please send in all things. But, you know... If personal if, context, yeah. Is, if, a, if a question comes to mind, yeah. or if you're reminded of a weird story related to it, man, please tell us that because that is I'm super hungry for that. Um, I love it. Jake's super hungry for that. I am the person who just recommended that you listen to Nick Brecken's Jeff Goldblum impression That's instead true. of bringing an actual endorsement of this episode. Wants you to write us really detailed emails full of content uh, yeah. to help us out. So help my lazy ass out by sending in good personal stuff. Yeah. For me to eat. <laughs> I'm going to eat omelets. Okay. Chris is going to eat a fish. Yeah. And you're going to eat content. I'm going to eat content. <laughs> 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 I'll eat the content. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, you know. Patreon. Patreon, yes. We, um, <laughs> <laughs> we have launched a Patreon, uh, which may seem presumptuous if you are brand new to us and what we From do your on, this, on this podcast. You're right. Yeah, that is correct. But actually, we have been we have been podcast. But actually, you're wrong. No, you're you're totally right. And I would not expect anyone who is brand new to our material to to want to to back us on Patreon. Patreon, by the way, if you're not familiar, is a a service where you can directly support artists and people who make things um, by pledging how, like whatever a, a small monthly small amount. amount of money you want yeah, yeah. each month, and uh, it's just it's a way. For people like us who do um, projects like this that are not um, <laughs> very profitable on their own, to uh, and not supported by a major company, like we're right, a, we're yes. a podcast that just records. We record out of a room in our office, but we're not part of a media outlet. We're not part of uh, mm-hmm. a big business of any kind. So direct support from you guys is incredibly valuable, um, and it's also incredibly valuable to you. Because if you back us at $5 a month, you'll get a private RSS feed, an exclusive private RSS feed, uh, which contains ad-free versions of this show every week, mm-hmm. as well as uh, a coupon for 10 to 15% off in our store where we sell t-shirts and a bunch of other garbage. Go to patreon.com slash idlethumbs. Check it out. Also, if you back at $9, you get oh, that's every right. month... A weird postcard. We're going to design a new postcard every month. Jake probably will really be the one designing that postcard, and we're trying to convince Nick to contribute a weird thing. To yeah, it. we're going to we're going to try and happens. make these things interesting and not just a thing to put on your fridge then throw away. But like no, you collect them. These are collectible. You eventually stack enough of them up that the fridge magnet can't hold them anymore, and then <laughs> mm-hmm. you close the door and they all go on the floor. And you're that's when you sell a fridge magnet off. and you like yeah. break your arm and, you, and you're like, yeah. God damn you, idle thumbs. But then when you fall down and uh, hit the floor, you notice a thing underneath a crack in your kitchen counter that you've never noticed before, and your life has changed forever. And it's and it was your mother's. Uh, jewelry box that she, she stashed there and upon opening it you're flooded with memories and uh, priceless heirlooms. Man, um, I was about to tell a crazy mother's jewelry box story but I maybe will save it for a later show. All right. Um, Someone write in to remind Jake to talk. 
I'll talk about it. Yeah. Mother's jewelry box because I don't know what that is and I want to find out. Um, the thing I was going to say it earlier. It was when I got a postcard from a Patreon. Oh, just, sure. And you, you, know, you fell on the floor, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, the thing I was going to say earlier is if you're new to, to this show and to us, I mean, everyone's new to this show, but if you're new to our podcasting efforts, um, you might wonder why we're already putting a Patreon out. We've actually been podcasting together uh, since 2008 in various forms. Um, and we have we have a, a number of other shows on our site at idlethumbs.net and we uh, we also you know, we stream video games at twitch.tv/idlethumbs mm-hmm. where you can watch Nick you know do battle in virtual realms. Mm. <laughs> yes. So that's that's all for plugging <laughs> our, own, our own stuff. But <laughs> patreon.com/idlethumbs is where you can find that campaign. Our website for this show is uh, importantiftrue.com. Uh, we're on Twitter at importantcast, and we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash true. Our email address, once again, is questions at idlethumbs.net, and on that, uh, we will take off, and we will be back next week. One other thing I have been wondering. Okay. And I need to know if Icy Hot is icy or hot. I asked this question on the previous podcast that we did called Idle Thumbs, the Idle Thumbs podcast, and nobody answered me. I didn't get a single reader answering that question. I'm putting this out in this post-podcast secret zone. Someone let me know. Is Icy Hot icy or hot? So that was the first episode of Important If True. Yeah. Thanks for listening to it if you're still here. I hope you are. Chris, they're here. I mean, I, well, I, you're definitely here. If you're, I mean, you're, you're here. Not anymore. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I, now, now I killed out. it. I ruined it. They're I'm gone. sorry. Uh, if, you, if you would like to hear more of this show, there's already a second episode up. If you go to importantiftrue.com, you can subscribe on iTunes or wherever you subscribe to podcasts. And... Uh, Hopefully you liked it. Tell a friend if you did. Consider giving us a uh, rating on iTunes. Thanks to the people who already have reviewed us on iTunes. It is it is really encouraging to see. Yep. We'll be back next week with video game content on this very feed. Exactly right. The 301st episode of Idle Thumbs. That's actually weird. There's 301 now. It is weird. I mean, there will be. There will be. Mario's Time Machine. You will be. You will be Mario's time machine. Let's go. Into <laughs> the time oh, machine. I have to say more complicated words now. My voice is not very good for talking too long. <laughs> it turns into the count from Sesame yeah. Street, like all of like like Let's everyone. go to Italy. <laughs> A fourteen to ninety, whatever. <laughs> Are you a pick? <laughs> Um, I will be at home in any era. And yeah. I'm definitely doing the count now. Yeah. I will oh, be at home, home in any era. It is me, a mom. One, two, four. three, four. <laughs> <laughs> you choose the year. You choose. Yeah. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs>